Thank you, everybody, for joining. I really appreciate it, especially tonight in the freezing cold. Special pleasure to welcome our friend Dubi Minsky, who's here for the first time. Welcome. You're always welcome to come when you're available. Uh, pleasure to welcome my father, who's here. And friend, our friend David, who's not always able to be here in person, but he's here tonight. Shkayach David for coming. And thank you, everybody else. And of course, thank you, anybody listening to the podcast. The Siyat Adishmai, up to Parshas Vayetzei. The Parsha starts off with Yankov Avinu living, leaving his house, the home of his parents in Beersheba, and traveling to Choron. And the Pasuk tells us about the famous dream that he has when he reaches the Hare Maria. And the truth is, we'll be reading as the Parshas go on about other dreams. Yankov Avinu later on in this Parsha has another dream. We'll be reading about Yosef's dreams. A lot of dreams in these Parshas. Mayor Shiva. Tuvi Goldstein, that's all, used to say that all the great people, they were always big dreamers. Nobody became great just uh, on its own. They had a big dream and vision. they followed the dream, right? A vision, like Dubi saying. Panovijerov had a big dream. Right, the Panovijerov used to say, I'm sleeping, but I'm, I'm dreaming, but I'm not sleeping. Dream big. Right. And we know that the dreams of Yaakov Avinu, they have a reflection on every single one of us too. A reminder of what we have to dream as well as the descendants of Yaakov Avinu. And it's this parsha where Yaakov Avinu really he starts to establish Klal Yisrael, the Shvatim are born, uh, with the exception of Binyamin, who's born in next week's parsha. And Yaakov is uh, starting the mission of becoming the father of Klai Yisrael for all generations. What does he dream when he's going out on this mission? There's a ladder that's planted firmly on the ground, but it's reaching all the way to Shemaim, all the way to the heavens. Yaakov Avinu's dream is for him to be planted on the ground in this world, but at the same time to be able to reach the Shemaim. Chazal tell us, Yankov Avinu was Mesakin Tfilas Arvis, Mayriv. Avram was Mesakin Shachris, Yitzchak Mincha, Yankov Mayriv. And the Meshachachma says that Mayriv is the Tfilah of the Golas. Because we dive in Mayriv when it's dark. Yankov Avinu is Mesakin this Tfilah as he's going out into his own personal Golas. And we dive in Mayriv every night when it's dark as well. But symbolically, what this teaches us is that we have a mission even in the darkness. In the difficulties of life, we have a mission to go on. There's no such thing as giving up. There's no such thing as stopping. There's no such thing as saying it's too hard. That's not what Yaakov Avinu is telling us. He's telling us, no. We have to keep on going, no matter how difficult things are, because we have a mission that nobody else has. Sula we read at the end of last week's parsha, the Torah, after telling us about Yaakov Avinu getting the brachas from Yitzchak, and Yitzchak sending him out to Lovin's house. There's two psukim how the, the parsha ends. And the puzzle continues. Why is the Torah telling us this story in the middle of the whole excitement of Yaakov Avinu running away? That Esav goes and marries Mochlas. There's a, a famous Magid, Rabbi Druk, in Rishonayim. He says, it's coming really to tell us the contrast between how life is for Yidin and how life is for the Umay Sa'ilam. 
Yaakov Avinu, as we're going to read in this parasha, you know, he goes through tremendous difficulties to be able to get married. He has to work 14 years for his wife. And so much service that he got from Lavan until he was able to finally settle down. Esav, not a problem. He wants to marry, he goes to Yishmael, and that's it, Gamarno. So the Goyim, so to speak, have it easier. And we have it harder because we have a unique mission that they don't have. And because of that, we got to work for it. And that's what, that's what Yaakov Avinu is teaching us here in the Parsha. So you got to work good. hard. So it's good. It's very good. Yes, absolutely. It's not easy, but it's good, like Dubi's saying. It's like the snake. He got a punishment. All for Oiso. All for his ascent. Everywhere there's ascent. What's the. What's the big deal? He has food everywhere. But the Shem told he has it, no. But the, he has it everywhere. He get up in the morning, he doesn't need to, to work anymore. He lost it. We get him in the morning, we have a mission. He lost the mission. That's it. That's it, exactly. Yeah. No connection to Hashem. Yeah. So what is the idea of Sula Mutzavar That means that a person has to live in this world and go through the trials and the tribulations and the difficulties, but still remaining connected to the Eidushter. And one such thing... We mentioned Tefillah Sarvis, but another such thing is the Tefillah of Mincha, which we read uh, in the previous parashiyas. Yitzchak Avinu was Mesak in Tefillah Mincha. As the Prophet tells the parashiyas, V'chayi Sarvah, V'yetzi Yitzchak Vesuach Basodeh. Very interesting, there's a difference between Mincha and the other Tefillahs, that Mincha is the only one that's literally named after the Korban Mincha. We know that all the Tefillahs are connected to Tmidim. They were established, connected to Korbanas that we no longer have. But Shachris is named after the time of the day. Shachris means the morning. Arvis also after the time of the evening. But uh, Mincha is named after the Korban. There's something <laughs> unique about Tfilas Mincha. What is it that makes Mincha so special? So Chazal tell us, Masech the Brachas, that Lo'elam Yizaradam at Tfilas Mincha because Eliyahu Anavi was Nana by Tfilas Mincha. We know the famous story with Eliyahu Anavishan Eliyahu Eliran. Thank you for coming. We read this story in Parshas Kisis on the Aftira. Eliyahu Anavi is hiding from Achav who wants to kill him. And finally, Hashem says, okay, it's time for you to reveal yourself to Achav. So what does Eliyahu Anavi do? He says to Achav and to all of Klai Yisrael, Enough already of this business where you're not sure, is the Baal the one, is Hashem the one, Make up your mind once and for all. He summons all of Klai Yisrael to Har Carmel, And he says like this, we're going to bring the Neviya Yahabal. There are about 800 of them. And I'm going to come by myself. And we're going to make a Mizbeach. One for the Baal, one for myself. There's going to be a carbon on each one. Whoever is able to bring down the fire from Shemayim, that's the sign that he's the right one. That the path that he's choosing, the path that he's... Uh, following, and he's telling you to follow, is the right one. So the Pazak tells us that the Nevi'i Abal cried from the morning till the afternoon. Abal aneinu, Abal aneinu, and the Pazak says, Nothing. Finally, they gave up, says the Pazak, It's Mincha time. Hashem Avram, Yitzchak Voda, and he continues, Aneini Hashem, Aneini. And David Taka answered him, and it says, V'teiradesh Hashem, V'toichel Esa'oilo, V'sa'itzim, V'yarkolo'om, V'yoymru, Hashem u'elikim, Hashem u'elikim. Say Chazal, the Yohanavi was answered only in the time of Mincha. There's something special about this time of day, 
that the tefillahs are more mekubal. So what is it so unique about it? I want to quote you from the Torah. Hilchis tefillah, he says like this. Hatam she tefillahs mincha chashuva kol kach, mipnei ki tefillahs hashach hazmano yadua, baboyker bekumem mitosoy, yispalo miyad, in other words, a person gets up in the morning, like we heard Chaim was telling us before, he gets up 5 o'clock in the morning, he davens with Sikin, and everybody else, we get up early, but it's before the, uh, all the tiredness of the day are hitting us. You know, you have a fresh mind, it's relatively easy. You know, the day's over already, you came home from work, you know, you're ready anyway, in the motor case, so you go to show the daven, about tefilas mincha hayoyim gadol. So the Torah was one of the Yishonim was telling us that Mincha is the hardest tefillah because you're in the middle of the day, smack in the middle of everything that's going on and you have to stop everything and focus for 10-15 minutes on talking to the Rebbeinu Shalom. It's not an easy thing to do. But yet, this is the time that the Rebbeinu Shalom wants to hear us the most. And that's why the tefillah is so makubal. It's Ace Rotson in Shemayim. And this is especially important during these months of the winter where we know the afternoons are very, very short. It's not an easy thing to, to be able to stop everything. We don't have such a, such a lengthy period. There's about four hours between the Zman which is about 12.30 these days, up until Shkia time, which is 4.30, 4.40. And that's it. Here in America, the minute gets to go past the Shkia, which is fine. But there's still, it's, it's a, limited, a very limited time. It's not an easy thing for people to stop their day and go to Mincha. And yet... The Torah is telling us that's what we have to do. And that's something that we should be mechazek ourselves, remind ourselves that we've got to keep mincha on the radar and make sure that it's an integral part of our day if you're lucky enough to work in a firm environment so you're going to have a minion, a minion in your place. But not everybody has that schus. And sometimes it's very hard. You know, you have to look for a minion. You have to, uh, you know, maybe get into the car even or, you know, walk a few blocks, whatever it is. But the bottom line is we have to make sure that this is a priority and this is a big part of our day that we're going to stop the Dava Mincha wherever it takes. If you could do it with a minion, all the better. But even if you can't help for whatever reason, make sure you don't skip Mincha any day. And the Rebani Shalom appreciates it. This is part of our mission of Sula Mutzav Arza, Vereshim Agiyah Shemaim. You know, you're planted firmly. You're in the middle of your work day. You're closing your computer. You're closing your phone. And you're saying to Rabbeinu Shalom, I haven't forgotten you. Right now, smack in the middle of the day, taka, it should be a schus for everybody, that our tefillahs should all be mukubal aratzim when we daven mincha and when we daven any tefillah. And that's something, one of the lessons that we're reminded of, of the mission of Yankim Avinu here in the parsha. Another thing we find afterwards, Yankim Avinu goes to Haran, and the Pasuk tells us he comes and he sees a big well, and the well is covered, Shalom to the Rav, is covered by a stone, and there's three flocks of sheep that are standing, just lying around there. Yankovina doesn't hop. What's going on here? And they tell him, you know, it's a big stone. We can't take it off. It's hard. And, uh, you know, we have to wait for everybody to come and everybody together. They roll off this huge stone. And only then we can give our flock uh, the water that they need. The puzzle goes into great detail about what's happening there. And finally, the Pasuk says, As Rashi tells us, you know, Just like you're opening this bottle of water over here, that's how easy it was for Yankov Avinu to do it. Well, what's the Torah telling us, this whole story? What, what, is, what learning, what message is there for us, knowing about the well, and the stone? What does this have to do with us? There's a, a sefer that came out, we have the privilege to know personally, his Torah, it came out in English, and he says a very interesting thing. 
that sometimes a person is going through, really, not, not a person, but we go through Golis, and Golis is difficult, Golis is hard, and we don't know what to do, a person reaches the period where he's like, they say, you know, we want to access the water. We can't. It's too hard. It's too hard. A person says to himself, you know, I want to, I want to connect to the Rebina Shalom. I want to get close. But I can't. You know, the goals are so difficult. There's so many distractions. You know, there's so much Mishigasin out here. We, heard, we were hearing before about, uh, about the Tuma of Las Vegas. You know, how difficult it is and how many people, unfortunately, get ensnared there. The Mohashep, our friend Duby, we're very proud of him. He said he did not take one step on the strip. Should be gebenched. But the, the point is that Golos is not easy. There's a lot of darkness. Whether it's physical darkness, whether it's spiritual darkness, we don't see the way to access the water, to access the light, the life. How are we going to get there? Says the Torah, no. There's a way to access the water. You know what that way is? The Be'er, the Mayim, which is Ein Mayim El Torah. The Torah is accessible to every single one of us. And when we're Mechazak ourselves and learning Torah, whether it's going to a shir, like everyone's doing here tonight, and of course we appreciate it very much, or whether you're going to a different shir, or you have a chavrusa, or you're learning by yourself, but you have a connection to the Be'er Mayim Chaim, says the Torah, the Torah is going to be accessible to you, the Eivish is going to be accessible to you. It's really, really relatively easy to get that connection to the Rebbeinu Shalom. By just flipping off that stone, you know, you close the distraction, you close the phone for an hour, you close off the Meshigas, you know, instead of opening the newspaper, you open up a blood Gemara. Connect yourself to the Baramayim Chayim. That's going to give you the light that you need, the guiding light to be able to continue in your mission in the world. The mission of Sulamutzavarza, the Roshim Hashemaima. Not an easy thing to do either, but that is part of our job. As the children of Yankel Avinu continuing his mission, that he taught us. And the more we do it, the more connection we're going to have, and the more our sulam is going to be, yes, firmly planted on the ground. Everybody here, you know, is Ovid, you know, we work for a living, we do our best to support our families, but at the same time, we're not going to forget, at the same time, we're connected to the Rebbeinah Shalalam. And finally, one more Nakuda, also tying into this idea of being connected and following in the footsteps of Yankov Avinu, and in his dream, so we read in the parasha about Lavan really, really trying to harm Yankov Avinu. Things come to a head at the end of the parasha. Yankov Avinu escapes with his entire mishpacha, and Lavan chases him, and he catches him after a three-day chase. We know from the Agudah that Arami Yovedavi that says, Lavan was ready to wipe out Yankov Avinu and his entire family, and he says, Mefirish, Yesh le'el yodi, I have within my abilities. He had the manpower, he had the abilities to wipe out Yaakov Avinu. And he would have done it if not for the Rebbeinu Shalalim stopping him. So we see here that, you know, there's a certain sinna that the Umay Shalalim have, eternal sinna for Klai Yisrael. And yet the Torah is telling us, as we see here, by Yaakov Avinu, at the end of the day, they're not going to be Matzliach. And we have to remind ourselves that from time to time, you know, as we see the amount of hatred Chaim was telling me before, about this uh, this rapper who uh, has come out as, as a major anti-Semite, and he mamish spews terrible hate against Yidin, and and uh, you know he has a big following, millions of millions of followers, 
and uh, and uh, and he, he's he's able to do it. And, and you know, obviously, he didn't hear this from himself. There are people that speak that way about Yidden, and he was influenced by them. So there's a lot of hatred out there. But we have to remember that at the end of the day, what Lavan tells Yankov Avinu, like this, Lule, and excuse me, like Yaakov tells Avram Avinu, Lule Eleke Ovi, Yaakov tells Lavan, excuse me, Lule Eleke Ovi Eleke Avram Ufachad Yitzchak Hayoli, Hiatarekam Shalachtoni, as Oni Vesigia Kamayro Lekim Vayechachomish. The Rebbeinu Shalom sees that we're doing for him, he's going to do for us and he's going to protect us. And we don't have to worry. As long as we're following in the path that we're supposed to, we know and we're guaranteed that we're always going to emerge victorious. And as our history shows us, that no matter but there was a very touching story that I read recently. There's uh, it's 2002, March 2002, there was a, a very, very terrible bombing in the Basie Sol neighborhood in Yerushalayim. A car bomb went off by an Arab terrorist. And it was on Matzah Shabbos, right after uh, a, a simcha, a family simcha that they had, a certain guest house over there. And the eight people in Nebuchadnezzar were killed, including uh, little children. There was a famous picture that came out from that uh, bombing of uh, a, a famous uh, Zaka member, his name is Ben-Sian Oyring, Yerushalmi Yid, very tired Yid. He's carrying a little baby. Oh, what, yeah, what, was, yeah, yeah. what was the story? That right after the bomb went off, you know, so he ran out of his house. He lived right there, you know, to see what's going on and to see if he could help. You know, and everybody's in shock in the days, and he sees underneath a car, there's a little baby. It was, he had, through the, uh, because of the bomb, he flew off uh, out of the, the hands of his parents. He runs, and he picks up the baby, and he runs with him away from the, uh, from the area, and then the car exploded. It exploded. In other words, it, it caught fire. It caught fire and exploded. So he saved the baby's life. The young baby's name was Shimon Levy. Shimon Levy. Shimon Levy. Uh, from a family of Breslov Chassidim. And Hashem, you know, he was reunited with his parents. His parents were also okay. And you know, he's he's growing up, and, and the family felt very connected to this Ben Sion He was like their, uh, so to speak, like their father, <laughs> like their second father, because he saved his life. Anyway, uh, Shimon Levy, today he's, he's around 20. He's also a little bit of a singer. And he composed a beautiful song based on the words of Reb Nachman who says like this, We have to realize and, and accept with full amuna. But there's no such thing as anything bad coming down from Shemayim. Everything is for the good. And he composed this song really as his reflection on what happened to him and, and the story that happened to him and, and those that were lost during that bombing. Uh, eventually somebody, somebody gave the song to Yaakov Shweki and he sings it today. They sing it together. Okay, you know, a very nice song. It's a very touching song. Really uh, touching on the core of the Amun of Kal Yisrael. So that's the story. And then there's a second part to the story. That is, it's a few weeks ago. Parshas Bereshis, and Shimon Levi, he's walking with his wife, he's married by now, and they have a little baby. They're walking in Ramat Eshkol, near where they live, in a park, on a Shabbos afternoon. And all of a sudden, he sees an Arab running by him. And he's mumbling like, Allah Akbar. His wife gets very scared, she runs home, and he, he's about to follow her, 
and all of a sudden he hears, he thinks he hears faint screaming in the distance. He says to his wife, maybe there's somebody screaming, maybe somebody got hurt, maybe there's something going on here. She says, no, you're imagining it. She couldn't hear it. He says, no, I'm going. Yeah, based on his own history, you know, how much uh, he, he felt connected to these type of events, he decided, I have to do my part. He follows the voices down the, uh, down the alley, and then until he comes almost to a little clearing, he sees a young bacher lying in a pool of blood. What happened? This Arab, this terrorist, had stabbed this bacher, he stabbed the bacher. And he ran away afterwards. And the book is, he's by, by now he can't scream anymore, he's very faint. He says to the, uh, he says to the, uh, he says to him, save me, save my life, please. He, right away he takes his, uh, he takes his jacket, he uses it as a truanka to, uh, to cut, the, to stop the bleeding. He calls Atzala, they rush him to the hospital, undergoes emergency surgery, Baruch Hashem, he's recovering. They don't know exactly yet the extent of, of how much permanent damage there is, but Baruch Hashem, he's going to be okay, he's going to live. And Shimon Levi says, you know, he was put there the right time at the right place to save this young bacha, really to repeat the cycle of what had happened to him. That someone had saved his life, he was there to save this young boy's life as well. You know, the Ebishter puts us in these situations, but we have to remember that the Rebbein Shalayim ultimately, as hard as things are, he's always going to take care of us. And that's the lesson that we have to realize from the parsha. So these taka are the lessons of Sula Mutzavarza, Vereisha Megiyah Shemaim, and the more we internalize it, and remember that this is our mission, the more we're going to bring Nachas Ruch to the Rebbeinu Shalolam, we're going to talk to be able to be Zeichah to be called B'nai Yisrael, the children of Yisrael. It's very interesting, you know, we see at the beginning of the Parsha, during this stream that we mentioned, what does the Rebbeinu Shalolam say to Yaakov Avinu? This is Yaakov Avinu's first time that he has a direct connection with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and the Ebeshter says to him like this, Anoichi, Ani Hashem, Elikei Avram Avicha, the Ebeshter says to him, you know who I am? I'm the Hashem of your father, your grandfather Avram, and your father Yitzchak. And what does that mean, I'm Elikei Avram? So B'yosheh B'yosheh says, very interesting. There's something called the possessive. I own something. Like, it's mine. Right? This is my thing. Like, this is my tape, my plate, my thing, you know, my children, my wife, whatever it is. Says the Rebbeinu Shalaylam, I'm the... Elohim, if you know who? You know who possesses me? You know who owns me, so to speak? Avram and Yitzchak. They got an achiz of me, and I belong to them. How were they zayichet to it? Because of the life that they lived. Avram Avinu, we think about all the nisyanis that he went through. He was the first one to proclaim the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nobody else knew it. Nobody else believed in it. And he went all full force ahead. Yitzchak Avinu too, went to the Akedah. He lived the life of Kiddush Hashem. And the Rebbe Shalom says, you know, I'm available to be owned, so to speak, by you. If you hold on to me, like the way, you t- like the way you're supposed to, and each and every one of us, we have that ability also, they're descendants of the children of Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov also. So to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can say, you know what? I belong to you. You're, I, you possess me. You own me. And that's our mission in this world. I just want to conclude the beautiful story that just came out by the famous storyteller, Yoel Gold. 1995, there's a fire in a mill, in a factory up in Massachusetts. It's called the Malden Mills. Not far from, not far from Boston. Very, very nice story. Yeah. Not far from Boston. And it was, at the time, the biggest textile factory in America. Which month it was in 95? Huh? Which month? 
ספטמבר. לא, אני התחתנתי במרץ'. אה, זה, למה לא אמרת? תגיד לו שילך בחזרה למרץ'. תגיד לו שהוא יתחתן באותו יום, הוא רוצה שיהיה עוד פעם. עם מרוקאי. וגם עם מרוקאי. The owner of the mill is uh, uh, from Yid, his name is Aaron Feuerstein. And he's a multi... No, it's not a plumbing company. <laughs> he's a multi-millionaire. And it's his 70th birthday that night. They're celebrating it at a big party, a big event. And then he gets word that the factory burnt down. So he's 70 years old, multi-millionaire. And he has this massive factory, has thousands of workers. And now he has a decision to make. He has a decision to make. He could collect, the, the insurance offered him, or he knew that the insurance was going to offer him about $300 million. Now he's 70 years old. He could easily retire. You know, move to Florida. <laughs> you know, you already made your millions and that's it. The next morning after the fire, there's a big press conference and all the workers come. Now, these are all like blue-collar workers. These are hard-working people, not wealthy people. Regular, simple people, and this is their livelihood. They don't know what's happening. They don't know what, what the announcement's going to be. Everyone's assuming that he's going to announce, you know, we're done, and go find yourself a different job. Instead, this is what he says. We are going to rebuild. We're going to rebuild the factories. Everyone's going to keep their job. And until everything is back in, in service, you are still going to get your paychecks as if you're still working. Unbelievable. There's a huge round of applause. He gets a standing ovation. People come over to him, they hug him, they kiss him. And he says, the media is there and they interview him. They say, what's this all about? He says like this, I was told by my father, his father was also an Erel Chayid, A person has to be a mensch. I have to be a mensch. I have to support them because this is, this is the opportunity that I was given. Okay, made the headlines and they rebuilt and talk, that's what happened. Now, Yoel Gold, here's the story recently, and he says, you know, maybe I could go speak to this guy if he's still alive. It's 25 years later. He makes some inquiries, he finds out he's still alive. He's living now in Boston by a granddaughter's house. He's 95 years old. They schedule an interview. He goes down with his, with his video cameras, with his crew, and they interview the man. And he says to him like this. He says, I have absolutely no regrets. I knew I was doing the right thing. And he says like this. There's a pasuk that's a tzivoy for every single yid. That our avodah as yidin is to make a kiddush Hashem. He said, there was never a doubt in my mind that this is what the Rebbeinu Shalom wanted me to do. Make a kiddush Hashem, no matter how hard it is, no matter how the fact I could have used the money, you know, just ran away with it, nobody would have said anything. But I knew that that's not what I'm supposed to do. Because as a yid, I'm supposed to live a higher standard. Set the standard. Set the precedent. And live a life of Kiddush Hashem. And he concludes, Yoel Gola, shortly afterwards, uh, Mr. Fjordstein was nifter. But today we have this video to keep his legacy and to remind us that that's our mission. To live a life of Kiddush Hashem. Of Sula Mutzavar Tzavarish and What's that? You missed out the company's bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the, but he said yeah, he had he had no regrets. The company went bankrupt. He said you know, but he has no regrets. He knew he did the right thing, and that's and that's talk of the lesson that we have to remember to live a life to live a life of kiddush Hashem.
Shalom. 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 Shalom.